two high schoolers were sitting together at lunch. Uh, their names were Tim and, and John, and they'd been best friends since they were in kindergarten. And they were eating, and Tim asked John, he goes, how's your day going? And John looked down, and he said, it's going pretty bad. Uh, I've been doing too good in my classes, and I just bombed the last one. And me and my girlfriend have been fighting recently, and I don't know how much longer we'll be together. Well, Tim felt sorry for him, and said I was sorry, and asked if he could do anything, and John shook his head, and he said, Tim said, well, well, maybe tomorrow will be better. I mean, it is your 16th birthday. Hopefully something will go good. So, next day, they were sitting together at lunch again, and Tim asked John the same question, how's your day going? And uh, John was completely opposite as he was the day before. He was excited, smiling, and he said, you won't believe it. My parents got me a car for my 16th birthday. And he said, not just any car, but they went all out. It's taken out. It's got a system. It's got huge rims. It has those little neon lights on the bottom that glow when the bass goes. He was so excited. He was like, this is the baddest car ever. It's so cool. And Tim was so excited for him. They talked on and on. In our everyday language, uh, we have mixed up the meanings of our words. In this case, the word bad. Uh, Sometimes when something good happens, we'll say, oh, that's bad, meaning that it's good. But then also, when something bad happens, we'll say that's bad as well. Unfortunately, the world has mixed up the meanings. Uh, Meanings of things that truly are good and bad has portrayed them as their opposites. If you've ever done so, uh, I encourage you to turn to Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, and from which we'll be looking at uh, mostly. And while you're doing that, uh, take this time to thank everyone for coming out, and especially our visitors from uh, various uh, youth groups and congregations. And look forward to getting to know you afterwards. And, uh, but I, mean, I just read this, but I'd like to read it again. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Isaiah is talking to uh, the Israelites here. And apparently they had taken what God had told them was good, what was acceptable unto him. And they said, we don't want this. It's, it seems too harsh. It's too binding. It's, it's not good. It's bad. And they said, and then they took what God said was unacceptable. What God said, stay away from They said, this doesn't look so bad. It looks, no, I think we'll do this. It's convenient for us. This is what we'll do. We'll consider this good. Even in the ancient, most ancient days, in, Isaiah, in Isaiah's time, uh, the world has confused what is good and what's bad. And it has been repeated through history, even to today. And that's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at examples that are happening today and how they can be traced back and how they've influenced, have influenced mankind uh, for all of time. Uh, so what, hap- what does the world say is good or acceptable? And there are a ton of things that the world, the world tells us as, is good when it's actually bad. But we're going to look at a couple. Uh, one is that of drinking. Now, as teenagers, we hear a lot about how drinking is bad and how it influences our judgment and how it's, just, it's not healthy. But then you turn on the TV and it, you hear the complete opposite. I think a lot of people will agree with me in saying that some of the best commercials are the beer commercials. I'm not saying that they're, what they're advertising is good, but if it's accomplishing its goal as a commercial of making a thought-out, funny, humorous, eye-catching commercial that people you know, remember. And unfortunately, the beer commercials are those. And throwing aside religious beliefs, it would seem that 
drinking is not that bad. But then we also can look at facts that might say otherwise. For example, over the past 10 years, there have been, for the past 10 years, there have been over 250,000 people who have died in alcohol-related accidents. Now, again, taking religion out of it, something's not right. They say it's so good, but then bad things are happening. And bringing religion back in, we see that God isn't accepted either. Look at uh, verse 22 of Isaiah 5, just two verses down. It says, Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink. Now, I don't think there were too many car wrecks due to to drinking in Isaiah's time, but they were still facing this problem of drinking and how its its negative effects on society. But uh, another issue I like to look at is that of homosexuality. Uh, Just recently... It's becoming almost popular. Society looked down upon this for a long time. I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but society wouldn't even accept it. But because of almost like TVs and movies, almost all of them portray homosexuality as almost in a positive way. And we've recently dealt with this in uh, the passing of the amendment of deciding whether marriage consists of one man and one woman. This is something we're, de- we're dealing with right now. And we need to know the facts, and we need to know what we believe in. And for a long time, since the beginning of time, God has told us that it's wrong. He set the, the pattern of marriage and of family with Adam and Eve. Then a few chapters later, he destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah just because of their homosexuality. Um, also, in the New Testament, Paul writes of this. And in Romans chapter 1, verses 26 and 27, he says, for, the reason God, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful, and receiving themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Uh, God has told people not to do it. He has punished them for it. For, and for some reason, the world has taken this terrible thing flipped it over and said, it's fine. It's okay. If they want to do it, let them. It's good for them. Just let them do it. And it's been it's repeated throughout history and it's even affecting us today. Another thing, which may not seem as such extreme as homosexuality or drinking, is something that we oftentimes face in high school a lot, and that's making fun of people. I'm not saying little jokes are bad, just here and there, but when put-downs come in the form of jokes, they really... God really uh, says something about it. Um, Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 and 4. He says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as his fitting for the saints. So he's addressing the saints, God's chosen people, Christians. He's telling them what they wish not be a part of. And he continues this list in, in verse 4. He says, Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Uh, I go to friendship, and uh, I'm in, first period is Boys Bible. And we're all senior guys, Boys Bible. And either before class, when we have free time, or after class, uh, you can usually find the guys just making fun of each other. Most of it's in good humor. But then sometimes, you know, it's something really, a joke really strikes home. And you can tell that the guy, what the guy, the guy reacts, but, you know, us being guys, it doesn't really bother us. But if it was anyone else, you know, it might bother them. 
But we just need to be careful because of what God says, and we need to be uh, careful what we say to others. Okay, enough about when bad things look good, but what about what we think is good becoming bad? The world oftentimes looks down on those who try to live a good lifestyle. And one effect of this is the lack of heroes. I'm not talking about personal heroes like a parent or a teacher or a coach, but in, in public, like celebrities, athletes, politicians. Oftentimes the people that we see on TV the most or we hear most about are people that we, we set the moral standard by. And oftentimes they, don't, they aren't showing the right morals, and we need to be careful. And as Christians, we need to step up and help lead our country and, and this world. Uh, one thing that goes on in high school is that of cheating. If someone doesn't share their answers with someone, one of their friends, you know, and they just don't do it, oftentimes they're really looked down upon and even almost you know, just made fun of just because they didn't share their answers. And while that seems ridiculous, it, it really does go on. Another is praying in public. We just dealt with this issue with Lakeview and how people wanted to pray and people said, you know what, no, you, you can't do that. And uh, they just looked down upon it, and it has been going on since the beginning of time. And why is this happening? Why has it happened since from Adam to now? And the answer is Satan. Since the beginning of time, Satan has been taking God's word, what God says good and what God says bad, and, and mixing it up, confusing it, making it just confusing for us. And Paul talks about this in Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 11 verse 3 says, By fear lest somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Christ, God, has told us what is good, what is right, what he expects, and he's told us what is wrong, what's not right, and what he doesn't want us to do. It's black and white. Satan has come in and made that complex. He's made us think, well, what if this? What if this happens? What about this? These situations. And so through that. And Paul gives Satan credit. And look in verse 14. He says, And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Satan is good at what he does. He's been doing it since Eve. And he's, has, he has worked, his plan has worked ever since now. And that's why, that's why there's been two, over 250,000 people dead because of drinking and driving. That is why homosexuality is becoming popular. It's because Satan has deceived people into thinking that this is what is acceptable. And we know the consequences. We know that if we, don't, if we go against God's will, that our soul is um, determined to go to eternal punishment. But uh, what can we do? What can we do as Christians? What can we do as people? David, in Psalms 119.11, said that he had hidden God's word in his heart so that he would not sin against him. We need to know God's will. We need to know, follow Jesus', Jesus example so when we are faced with situations... We know how to deal with them. We need to develop a Christian mindset and attitude. We have a humble heart, a servant's attitude. So instead of thinking of, our, instead of thinking of ourselves, we should be thinking about others and what God wants us for, for us to do. And in doing so, we'll do as the Christians did in Acts 17. When Paul, Silas, Jason, and the brothers were exclaimed to be the ones who came and turned the world upside down. And in reality, they were turning the world right side up taking what, God, what Satan had mixed up and showing people that what good is good and what bad is bad. But I think Paul sums this up in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, when he says, 
Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Before I get started tonight, uh, the invitation song would be 902, if you would wish to mark that. 902. <clears throat> Good evening. My name is Jeremy Burkhardt. I'm a senior at Wilson Central High School. Um, I used to run cross country. Um, I'm in choir, and I love being a Christian. I love being a Christian. Amen. Um, If you will, be turning to Ecclesiastes 2, verses 3 through 16. Ecclesiastes 2, 3 through 16. Tonight, I'm going to be talking about how this world can sometimes be very meaningless and how things we strive for will not accomplish our goal of getting to heaven or will not help us accomplish that goal. Tonight, I want to talk about how our decisions very much decide on where we go after this life. In Ecclesiastes 2, I'm going to start in verse 3. I tried cheering myself with wine and embracing folly, my mind still guiding me with wisdom. I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their lives. I undertook great projects. I built big houses for myself and planted vineyards. I made gardens and parks and planted all kinds of fruit trees in them. I made reservoirs to water groves of flourishing trees. I bought male and female slaves and had other slaves who were born in my house. I also owned more herds and flocks than any in anyone in Jerusalem before me. I amassed silver and gold for myself and the treasures of kings and providences. I acquired men and women singers, and in Harlem as well, the the delights of my heart of a man. I became greater by far than anyone in Jerusalem before me, and all this my wisdom stayed with me. I denied myself nothing my eyes desired. I refused my heart no pleasure. My heart took delight in all my work, and this was the reward of all my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done, And what I had told to achieve, everything was meaningless. A chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. When I turned my thoughts to consider wisdom and also madness and folly, what more can the king's successor do than what he has already been done? I saw that wisdom is better than folly, just as light is better than darkness. The wise man has eyes in his head, while the fool walks in darkness. But I came to realize that the same fate overtook, overtakes them both. Then I thought in my heart, the fate of the fool will overtake me also. What then do I gain by being wise? I said, I said in my heart, this too is meaningless. For the wise man, like the fool, will not long be, will not be long remembered. In days to come, he will be forgotten. 
Like the fool, the wise man, too, also dies. In this passage, it talks about wisdom and foolishness. And I kind of put in some ideas that foolishness is much like worldliness and how we worry about worldly things. And I put in that being heaven-minded and worrying about getting to heaven is great wisdom. And I think that this is a great story in the Old Testament of how foolishness and worrying too much about the world that we live in and the things that we possess and the, and the people that we know is, is really meaningless in our attempt to get to heaven. <clears throat> so imagine with me, we're all about 87 years old. We look back on our lives and we think of all the decisions that we've made and we think, how or has that, has that decision affected my ability to go to heaven? Has the building of this huge house that I live in helped the poor? Has this tattoo that I have on my arm, has it spread the word of, God, of Christ? To anyone? Has owning the newest and strongest car brought anyone to Christ? All this money that I have in my bank account, have I used it in any way to help anyone in another country that needs to know the word of Christ? And I don't know if anyone saw, but we have our pew packers here on Sunday nights before church. And I, I have a little brother that's about, I guess he's He's eight years old. Um, he lives with my dad. <clears throat> but it hurts my heart to think that sometimes the decisions I, I make would hinder his ability to get to heaven. And I think that that weighing on your heart should keep you from doing anything that's wrong. So tonight I'm going to break it down a little bit. I've told the story a couple times, and many people know it from around here. Um, but I live, at, or I work. I work at a general store, uh, just a little store down in Glabel, Tennessee, down this way. And uh, I, I've been there for about two and a half years. But when I first started, about six months after I've been there, uh, I worked with this guy that was a senior in high school, and um, he he had the bright idea one day to super glue a quarter to the floor, um, and he thought it was a, it was a great joke. Uh, he thought it was, and it was, it was funny to see, you know, at least 20 people that day try and pick up that quarter. They never got it. They never could. But to me, I stood back and I watched how foolish they look. It's just a quarter. They weren't, and they weren't even the people that really needed a quarter. I mean, there's some people that come in that probably could have used a quarter. But they were so worried about this quarter that... I had this one, this one man tried for like 30 seconds, and that doesn't seem long, but to me, I mean, it was, it was kind of funny, but he definitely did look foolish. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I don't want that to be Christians, us Christians trying to go to heaven. We should not be foolish and worried about this, this world. <clears throat> so the basic idea I want you to get tonight is do not love this world. Make every decision so that it will glorify God 
and help you get to heaven. If you will turn to 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John chapter 2, 15 through 17. Do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the craving of sinful men, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away, but the man who does the will of God will live forever. If for any reason tonight you have been loving the world way too much and you need to come forward or for any any other reason you need to come forward or if you have not been baptized into Christ and are not going to heaven, please come forward as we stand and sing. What can wash away?